Hello and welcome to the Creatives Cresta podcast. My name is Stefka. And I'm Christina. And today we're going to be interviewing Ella Voss. Ella is a Munich-based author writing in English. She grew up in Germany and has lived in Switzerland, UK, and India. Her short stories about love and life are inspired by themes revolving around women's agency and human empathy. The contemporary settings in her text often merge into the magical. On the outset, they are funny, and then they slowly creep under your skin. I just finished reading her first novel, Like a Fox to the Swallow, and I loved it. And it was just what I needed. And I shamefully still have to do that. So sorry. It's got such oh. a beautiful cover. It's been sitting on my shelf for a long time. But I find that I read ebooks mm. better than I read yeah. actual books. And so I finally downloaded the ebook version. And that's what I needed to get me back into the yes. flow of reading this. It kept me awake and comforted me during my sickness recently. Oh. And I would read it in the middle <laughs> of the night. All of that. I did see the beautiful cover and I still need to order it. So Ella, what I do, and I've told Christina this before a lot of times in this podcast and also mm -hmm. out of it, I have like a whole pile of to be read books and I try oh, well, not yeah. to let it get more than 20 books. And right now I'm right <laughs> at that threshold of 20 books and I'm trying to knock a few off before I buy new ones. And that's why I haven't started yet, but I'll be there. So we all have that pile, I think. Yes, everyone does. Yes. Well, covers are very important to me. I put a lot of effort in my oh. book covers. But yeah, the ebook trend is, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit against uh, cover design, maybe. Well, you can still see the cover when you purchase the book. And true, true. Yeah. True, and it's true. there when you look in your library. Yeah. On and there's nothing more beautiful than walking through a bookshop and just browsing covers and touching them, so. especially like, and like when they were like, I, I don't even know, like, is this embossed or what, what is it called when it's like three, like haptical feeling when you're like yes. touching it. And it's like, Ooh, Ooh. Oh, this is special. And I have like a few that are soft. Oh my God. I'm always, I'm like, I'm petting my books, like dying <laughs> from happiness. You can't pet mine. You can't pet mine. But I also think it's part of the whole artwork like um, mm -hmm. yeah for me it belongs to to the book Absolutely. sort of oh so lovely I had a little bit more to say about Ella oh, I'm and her, sorry. her bio. It's okay. Good, good. Um, <laughs> it wasn't exactly a side quest. Ella is also, she's an IP lawyer by day and an author by night. Pursuing her passion with all of her heart, she invests in her free time in writing conferences and workshops. And she's a regular attendant of AWP conferences in the US. She is a Hedgebrook alumni. As a literary community builder, she is the co-founder of the creative writing group Munich Writers, which I didn't realize. I also didn't realize that. Which is a shame because Munich Writers is where Creative Questers started. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, she loves to host writing workshops. She loves helping others bring a great story to life. There's just a lot of background information about you, Ella. We actually want to hear you talk a bit more and not us so much. So let's hop into our very first question, which... To me, it's always one of the most important ones. What did inspire you to become a writer? And was there like any books or any authors that influenced you specifically? I think I've always ever, since, since I'm a child, basically developed stories um, in my head. And it took me quite a while to figure out that I need to do something about that and, and get them on paper to, <laughs> to sort out my mind a bit more. 
Um, but literature has already in school been my, my favorite um, subject. Uh, mostly stories about about outsiders making it in the world. You know, it started mm -hmm. with German literature because I'm German. From English literature, could be books like How to Kill a Mockingbird, for mm -hmm. example. That's maybe a classic people know. Yeah, authors of short stories. I, I could think of a few like John Updike, for example. Alice Munro, I like a lot. Um, and some Japanese authors. Ooh. This combination of contemporary writing and merging into the slightly surreal, having spiritual extensions to characters, that is something that has inspired me a lot. Like Banana Yoshimoto, for example, mm -hmm. um, is one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> Very cool. So that makes me think of the point that I know in, in your first novel, yeah. you have sometimes you've crossed this borderline between normally you write literary fiction, but mm. you have a little edge of magical realism. And I wonder if it was this kind of influence that led you to have this magical aspect to your writing. Generally, I, I write contemporary stories. I, I write about like real life problems, you know, breakups, loss, um, love, marriage, you know, all, all sorts of very real life um, issues, but I think it's always in life important to have a bit of a, a magical perspective, sort of, to always look for the magical in the ordinary, mm -hmm. um, because it make it just makes life a lot better. And I think often it is it is more true than the real life, you know, because often mm -hmm. things happen that are actually unbelievable, <laughs> or um, that sure. make you think, "Wow, there is a lot of wonder." actually in the world so so mm -hmm. I think if you want to capture real emotions sometimes you have to go a bit step a bit outside that mm -hmm. that world and and use those elements to to make real life emotions more tangible for the mm -hmm. reader absolutely so it's, it's, really, yeah. it's really just a stylistic device it's not to say there is fairies out there <laughs> right. or, or things like that and yeah I think that's very common also in Japanese literature for example mm -hmm. I love that. I love that the combination of like everyday magic and like all these special moments. And I feel like you're quite right with that, that life kind of writes the craziest stories. And sometimes things happen in real life where I'm like, that can't be true. Like, especially when Christina tells me about another one of her dating stories. And I'm like, there's no way that happened, Christina. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's <yes>. no way. <laughs> oh, yeah, dating stories can can be a good example. <laughs> Yeah, but often things come together in the most unbelievable way or, or you mm. just caught in a moment that is so beautiful. I often use nature elements also in my writing because, um, mm. yeah, I, I think that often um, goes in that direction a bit. That can often feel yeah. surreal or unbelievably beautiful or things like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's very cool. And Christina also um, said it already that you're um, an IP law lawyer by day and a writer by night. So basically you're a vampire and don't sleep. That's what I get out of this. But um... I wish, I really wish. Um, <laughs> no, it's, I mean, the struggle is real for sure. It's the hard thing about writing is to find time for it. Um, if you're not JK Rowling and um, get rich from writing, I mean, oh. <laughs> very few of us do so it's it's really always a fight for time you write a bit in the morning you write a bit in the evening you arrange your holidays in a way that you can um squeeze in family time but a bit of writing time as well yeah 
and it's yeah and i'm definitely not not a vampire i need sleep <laughs> I, need, i need rest and it, it can be very exhausting like lately somebody told me oh you write books i wish i had all this time you have i don't have <laughs> and i got a bit offended because you know i'm just pushing it all the time it's exhausting yeah. you know i don't have more time than anybody else yeah <laughs> just make it happen so yeah but at the same time of course i think you have to be a bit honest with what you want in life you know of course sure. there are people at my age who have a much more stellar legal career which i cannot have um because i put that extra mile um into writing and not into the law firm so I, pff, there's no magic there <laughs> it's just um it's just hard work and priorities yeah the magic is not there it's only in the story yeah, yeah. yeah. as part of that a lot of us Shefka and myself included really struggle with finishing things mm. yeah there's a whole podcast episode just about this <laughs> you finished two novels now Do you have any advice for mm. how to finish things, how to yes. overcome these hurdles that we face as writers? Well, good, good question. Well, I think, first of all, the, the lawyer background does help a bit because mm. what you really learn is you get a deadline and you got to finish and it's got to be good, not just finish with something. It's got to be good. So you learn that skill a little bit on a practical level, make time. I needed to step down from work for a bit to finish the novel, for example, Short mm -hmm. stories is a bit easier to handle. But then I, I think my major advice is because I find there is a big emotional level to not finishing a piece. Mm -hmm. I think I fiddled around a little too long maybe with the short story collection because I have nothing else on my desk. Mm. And that's a little scary. So I think you have to watch out for emotional traps. Sometimes mm. you like yourself saying to people, I'm writing a novel. Oh, you know? yes. Because at mm. that point, you know who you are, you know what you're doing. It can, be, it can be quite hard, you know, to have written a novel <laughs> and then <laughs> what, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I think I had to push myself a bit to finish this short story collection because now at the moment I'm figuring out my next project and mm -hmm. who am I when I don't write? Am I still a writer? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh no, let's not go there. Oh, God. No, no, we're not going there. <laughs> what I'm saying is, Like, like, take a bit stock of your emotions there, mm. why you are not finished. Because yeah, maybe you have a specific issue with the writing that needs fixing. Mm. But sometimes one is sabotaging a little bit. I can't, that's what, mm. that's my own experience. At least. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. observations. I had yeah. that realization myself recently. Mm. <laughs> I have that realization, like, every time I remember that I'm supposed to be writing a ghost story. Like, I finished about eight chapters of... 30 and I'm stuck there. I know exactly where I wanted to go. I just need to sit down. And Ella, that's why I admire you for being able to finish stuff and like putting stuff <laughs> out there so much because I'm stuck in this early stage. I want to do this, but then I get into the loops of, uh, oh, hooray, this is a lot of fun. Oh no, I don't know where what I'm doing. Am I a real writer? Yeah, I cannot okay. do it. Mm -hmm. I'm such a fraud. Oh, this is great. And like, you know, like the ups oh, and downs. And it's like, oh, that's different. Maybe, you know, if, if, if there is this kind of If there is, you're stuck with something and there mm. is an insecurity, that, that's also there, you know? Like when I wrote the novel, it took me a total of five years, I think. And there was a middle middle part where I really wasn't sure if I'm going to finish because there were kind of two parts of it. They were not of equal quality. They didn't seem to to link in. The, the two parallel stories didn't seem to link so well. So 
then that just needs work, you know, and not just sitting there with it, with the text yourself, but Mm -hmm. exercises, workshops, you know, like using, yeah, really using craft to, to try to fix a text. I, that's something I needed to learn. I I couldn't just sit on my desk with it and make it good on my own. But you did it. Yeah, and you did it, and you you finished it. So that's so fun! Yeah. Yay! It's big fun to sit next to your finished book. <laughs> I recommend. Yes. <laughs> I strongly recommend. We it. haven't really mentioned your second book that was just released on October twenty eighth. Mm, yes. Congratulations! Thank you. I haven't read this one yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Almost happy. Uh, this book is quite different from your first novel because it's a collection of short stories. Yes. I was wondering how long you'd been compiling those stories and if it had always been your goal to put those stories mm-hmm. into one book together or did that happen organically? Not from the start. It, it was more like sometimes I had ideas and they, they just wouldn't become a part of the novel. They had nothing to do with the novel. And I, w- I would write those mostly longer short stories. Like my favorite length is like something like 8,000, 7,000 words somehow it always (laughs) ends up there but I soon noticed they have a bit of a theme and a a common vibe it is always this nameless she protagonist sort of struggling to find a place in in the world as a single woman in her late 20s 30s and doing I think what a lot of women do you know she's traveling she's encountering all sorts of love affair love dating mishaps whatsoever Mm -hmm. at some point revisits her family history her past looking for clues you know i think that's i think that is a sort of a a part in life many women can can relate to a friend of mine said to me almost happy is almost the describes the mood um, of of our generation and i hadn't really thought of that but i think it's true because we have so many options what we can do with our lives and so many ambitions and ideas that it's really hard to tap into a a vibe of being actually deeply at peace with yourself and with your life Mm -hmm. even define happy you know it's not even easy you know often you can Mm -hmm. only define it in hindsight you know you can say well well, now I know back then I was actually happy (laughs) or because it's in in modern life it's it's not determined by religion or by you will have to figure that out on your own terms your happiness that's exactly what that book is about I can't wait to read it nice yeah, these go up on my list right now. I might have um, in the background put them onto my Goodreads uh, to to read list. <laughs> Sneak it a bit in on top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially with the short stories. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, that that actually might work. But you know, I'm the kind of reader. I'm reading like three books parallel at this, oh, so yeah, always mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. time, and I just need to get rid of like one of the three, and then. <laughs> We can talk about new books that I'm reading. I mean, certainly <laughs> I'm, I'm advertising my book here, but I really do think it, it's quite an entertaining, easy, easy read. It's short story. Mm. But it's also, it's personal, it's fictional, of course, but it has a lot more Ella Voss in it. And it's a lot more direct and a bit more, I would say a bit more spicy than the novel. The novel is very mm-hmm. lyrical. It's, it, you know, it comes at very silent feet to you. It's a very comforting read, as Christina mm-hmm. said. Yes. Um, and I think the almost happy stories, they, they steer you up a bit, I would say. Mm. I think that's more, more their mood, you know. Spicy. Oh, okay. You <laughs> yeah, have <I> mean... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. 
I think so. I think so. By, by my standards, right? It's dangerous to say that. <laughs> but by my standards, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. You've got me. I just bought the Kindle Lee book and I put it back around. Yay. Got me. It's okay. Yay. A very successful interview, I would say. I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but actually, there's one other thing that I find particularly interesting because I'm German too, and I also write in English, but I'm always curious, like how you get to the point that, well, how you decide to write yes. in English, even though you're German, because I know there's like a lot of elements that go into it. And you will always, even if you're like really prolific, not prolific, but even if you're like really verbose in English, there's always that little extra level that you probably yes. have in your native language. So how did you choose English? Yeah, yeah. For me, I mean, I'm very much at home with the language. I've um, I've studied there. I've I've lived in an English environment. I have a lot of a lot of my private life happens in English. So mm -hmm. I don't come from a family that's necessarily very, very artistic or mm -hmm. um, promotes self-expression so strongly. I've studied law in German. So I think for me, whenever I had an expressive, self-determined phase of my life, it would always happen in English. So I think for me, that's really the language for that. Mm -hmm. I always say my creative soul speaks English. And I think that might mm -hmm. change at some point. Maybe the two personalities merge at some point. But at the moment, I don't translate in my head. I don't switch or anything. You know, this is the only language in my head in which this happens. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, to come across as very cosmopolitan <laughs> or, or very interesting or something. It, it does make things difficult. It does make the marketing difficult. You know, a lot of people don't, don't take you serious because they yeah. absolutely don't understand this non-native language concept. You know, if people don't speak a foreign language, they just think you're weird. You know, they cannot mm. relate to this. So it's, it's not helpful at all, but it's, yeah, it's, it's my of expression and yeah but doesn't it also open up the market because there are more english speakers in the world than yeah definitely but it's more difficult for me to access because i have to contact agents from here so and i've tried that for a while with the first book i can't really tell if it would be so much easier <laughs> if, if mm -hmm. i was living in the uk but i felt you know yeah i felt it's a bit of an obstacle for them to work with someone abroad okay so your first and your second book were both published with hybrid publishers. Was it the same publisher? Yes, it was the same, yeah. Uh, did you seek to go to a traditional publisher first or consider self-publishing? What did your publishing journey look like? I mean, with Like a Fox to a Swallow, I tried. Maybe out of lack of experience, I tried a bit too early. I think it might have been a bit too unfinished when I pitched it to um, agents or traditional mm. publishers. I didn't think back then it was unfinished. I only know now. <laughs> that okay. But yeah, after a while I noticed it's going to be a lengthy, lengthy process. If Even if I get an agent, it would take a long time to really close a book deal. I heard negative stories from friends who got book deals with traditional publishers. And it became so personal to me, um, this project, that it was really important for me to stay in control. Mm -hmm. And for me, the hybrid publishing allowed the control and yet uh, a really good quality because there is support, you know, there is editing, mm -hmm. there is a certain distribution marketing service they provide. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think for me, it really has been the best solution for the second book. I didn't even, I, I went straight back to them. So 
because it's the same it, it's very personal it, it had to be it had to be exactly like that the cover had to be exactly like that so, um, yeah maybe with other projects I'd be more open-minded to to work mm -hmm. with someone on it yeah that's great actually especially if you found such a good home for both of these books where you could still have the creative control that you wanted to have and yeah. get them published the way you wanted them to and I feel like that is one of the most important things in publishing. Yeah, I mean, not because you want to become famous or rich or something, but I mean, it is a communication, right? So hmm. it, it does matter to, to me or to every author to get the stories out there. There's more out there with traditional publishing. Yeah. But there is a time element to this as well. So for me, even if you work with a hybrid publisher, it'll take at least six to eight months until the story is really out there. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're, you're kind of mentally moving on a bit, you know, mm. the, yeah. the things you have processed in that book, you want to present them in readings in a bit of a proximity time-wise mm -hmm. and not Absolutely. four years down the line. Yeah. And four years down the line is not unrealistic if, if you, um, if you really pursue traditional publishing, you can get very lucky, yeah. of course, you know, I'm not saying, but I did not have the patience. Yeah. Oh, oh, I understand that completely. I'm an impatient person, as Christina will tell you any day. Uh, <laughs> now, talking about getting your books out there and your stories out there, you're also very involved in like writing communities and with workshops and literary communities. And that is, of course, something that is amazingly important to us because we very are close trying to our to hearts. Yes. very close to our hearts because we because we're trying to to like keep this whole writing community going and to nourish mm -hmm. creativity and um then shout on quests uh, sometimes more side quests than actually actual main quests because that's how it goes but what i'm trying to ask is has that been part of your journey and no that that has been very very much part of my journey from the start and i'm telling everyone you know, mm -hmm. no author is an island, you know, mm. it's a solitary uh, craft anyways, but get a tribe, basically, you know, find your find your community, because you will face so many insecurities, you'll have so many questions, um, it'll be tremendously helpful to have a good writing group. I think like a fox to a swallow, I in large parts, at least the first drafts I wrote together with my, with my writing group sharing, maybe not each chapter, but And it was really important to have people that knew this project and were following it over the years. That was tremendously valuable, you know, to see if I'm yeah. really communicating something here, you know, am I capturing people with this, you know? Mm -hmm. It was the best, the best hint that I'm on the right track here, that there were people who were interested in this story oh, yeah. over a longer period of time, were interested in following up on it because that's what you want your reader to do, you know? If you just get... Uh, eye rolling and uh, size, <laughs> <laughs> size <laughs> from your writing room. You know, oh God! Even if between the lines, you know that then that's probably not no not where you're going. You know, I mean, we had this <laughs> on on feedback feedback groups using feedback. Yeah, that was a great session. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. No, mm -hmm. yeah, my pleasure. Because that's really a topic that means that means a lot to me. Because I see I see a lot of people who have great ideas. Um, who have put work in their first draft and then they get stuck because they, are, they do not know how to use this resource that is a community, a writing community, mm. to, to move this to the finishing line. And I think that's what you need. There's few people who really can do this all alone on their desk. And mm -hmm. I think famous authors 
also don't do that. You know, if, if you mm -hmm. take master classes, if you go to writing conferences, they are all connected in, in, in groups and share their work. And it's fun, you know, otherwise it's, it's a bit of a right. dull thing to do to write, you know, so. <laughs> What do you mean fun? Writing is punishment now. <laughs> it's both. Yeah, it can be <laughs> torture sometimes, you know, and, and this, this puts the fun back in it. Yeah, absolutely. Then you have others to share your pain. Yes. You're in pain together, at least. <laughs> it makes it hurt less when you find other people mm, are feeling the same well. yeah. things. Yes. Yes, exactly. No, I mean, that's, that's the general thing in life. You know, you have to check is mm -hmm. what I do still uh, socially acceptable or is it still, yeah. <laughs> am I still, uh, am I still like normal as much as you want to be normal, but you need a bit of a compass, you know, for what you're doing. And it's not wrong to, to look at your peers for that. You know, I think mm -hmm. we're increasingly emphasizing individualism and I do whatever I want and I don't mm. listen to anybody. I don't recommend to not listen to anybody. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think that's a misunderstanding. You know, you can still decide I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but first listen to almost everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> almost. You can still have your own head, of course, but being part of a group is is a bit how we work as humans, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely find it very, very helpful. Something I found really intriguing in Like a Fox to a Swallow, you follow two characters that are quite different from each other, but have their lives intertwined. One is a single mother and a lawyer in London, and another is an aging aristocrat in Italy. And somehow both experiences felt very real, though I know you're not a mother oh. and you're not an aging aristocrat. <laughs> <laughs> so I was wondering, I suspect that at least some portion is based, I thought maybe the lawyer part yes. you could relate to and living in London, you could relate to, but that felt just as real to me as the experiences of this aging woman in this big palace, that she, not palace, but mansion that she was living in. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how life influences art and how you go about writing something that you yourself have not experienced. Yes, that's a good question. I mean, the, the Italian part did take a bit more work um, because it is further from my own life experiences, of course. And there is this saying, write what you know. Mm. I think it's a very uh, important statement, but it does not mean only talk about yourself. You know, that is, that is very different. I think... Ursula K. Le Guin said that, and she said, write what you know, but you might know dragons. <laughs> and that's what she originally said. So I think writing is an empathy game. And it's, it's a human quality that we can relate to almost all our peers, actually. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it may require a lot more effort than at other times. So if, if you want to write about a, an aging woman, and in the beginning, this character has all sorts of health struggles, she's emotionally um, challenged and has all sorts of ailments so to speak now that is not my life situation but of course i have been sick so i may have moments where i had back pain then i really make it like an experiment if i struggle with that character or if i have a feeling i'm falling a bit flat here with the description of that character you really make it a mind game you know you, you really think about what if i had that pain day in day out you know and it, it was just not an option to wait till it's over you know if whatever you have to do you have to do it with that pain and then you can observe people who are, who you suspect, um, neighbors, whatever, 
are in that life situation, you know, and then you can mm -hmm. test your hypothesis, you know, because you may think if I did that, I'd be grumpy by the end of the day. So now check, are they grumpy by the end of the day? <laughs> and if not, what is wrong with your hypothesis? You know, like, what do they yeah. do? You know, like, whatever, it's, you can spend some time on that, you know, it's, I think that's a bit what writing is about, you know, you, mm. you, yeah, it's about empathy, it's about standing in other people's shoes and help the reader to stand in their shoes and yeah yeah so it makes me very happy if it if it felt real and if it felt it really did relate to well done i just listened to a podcast uh, it was the armchair expert dax shepherd was interviewing the author of demon copperhead barbara kingsolver and something she said that was really interesting that you just reminded me of is one of the things that's so fantastic about being an author is that we get to live any life we want through our characters Yes. Through what we write. Mm. Yes, I agree. It's it's constantly about expanding your horizon. And for the novel, more than because the short stories are a bit closer to my own experiences, but for the novel and especially for that Italian part, I really had to do research mm -hmm. about those aristocratic industrial families in Italy. I, I found a PhD work on on these oligarchic structures in Italy. Mm. That's cool. So I would just steal some of those quotes and, and build conversations around them. Cool. And I needed a house in Italy at some point because I got feedback from readers saying like, you were in the West Wing suddenly or back in the kitchen. I absolutely don't understand <laughs> how this house works. And I know teleportation. Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, she I doesn't know. write that kind of magic in her stories. <laughs> I noticed I don't understand how this house works. Actually, I need a house. And I Googled and I found a house near Milan, uh, which was rented for weddings. That's why it was in all sorts of pictures. Mm. I actually drove there. Oh. <laughs> and I said, I'm getting married. I want to look at the oh. house. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, so I just walked through that house and, and took all sorts of pictures. Um, yeah, as a storyteller, you can easily make up all the details. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I definitely could imagine this. I can see the house in my head right now. I wonder, could you share the link with me? I'd like to look at it and see if it matches my imagination. You also, you also want to go there, pretend to getting married. Yes. Stefka, we're getting married. Okay. I'm down. <laughs> but that helped me tremendously, you know, because yeah. part of it happened on a cemetery. Mm. So I looked for a cemetery near that house. To, to really, yeah, I needed really to map out yeah. all these all these locations. I love that. I think that's very cool. We've talked a lot about your novel now. And I personally, I'm a short story fan. So in general, that is always the most interesting bit to me. People write short stories and publish short stories. And you've now created this whole book filled with short stories. But what I've been doing throughout the whole year is actually submitting short stories to literary journals. So I was wondering, have you ever tried to publish your short stories through literary journals or is that has that never been an option for you? Mm, yeah, I mean, I was somehow very much absorbed by this novel idea or novel obsession <laughs> for the years of my okay. writing. So until I, I had finished the, the novel, I didn't bother so much with, with literary journals. And I would love to have more of an outreach also on that level. It turns out the 7,000, 8,000 words are not so easy mm -hmm. um, for literary journals. Um, mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a nice publication coming up in Straylight magazine. Ooh. It's called the, cool. uh, the Germanic Nights. And it's I think it's very timely now as we have a re 
unfortunately, um, a refreshed debate about the German past and anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's 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 a longer story about about my German roots and and my coming to terms with that in a way, uh, and about writing, what writing has to do with it, and another another piece probably forthcoming in an anthology. So yeah, there is uh, little things here and there. I been a bit more focused on on finishing the books time is limited <laughs> so we yeah. just yeah oh yeah absolutely that's, where I, that's really where i struggle you know the the writing <laughs> joy so i can squeeze it in but the submitting stuff and the marketing myself stuff that's where yeah that's where i need some extra hours in the day yeah that's not the fun part of writing yeah yeah, yeah. something that you did i understand in your novel or your new book almost happy you preceded each short story with a little personal essay. Um, mm -hmm. I wondered how much of the stories were based on your own reality and tell us a little bit about your choice to actually have a personal essay before each piece. No, it's it's in the end. It's it's sort of a story note chapter. Ah, um, I see. Okay. I basically did that because when reading Like a Fox to a Swallow, I figured that people are very interested always in what is real you know mm -hmm. what what part of that story is you where, where does this idea come from they're very interested in the creative process and with these stories they are fiction but they are more closer to me and my life so i figured maybe it's interesting to have that discussion already a bit in the book because i could i could sort of hear those questions when i wrote the the short story mm. um and test readers often came back with them to me so so i figured it might be interesting to just get a bit started on that discussion yeah as a writer of course um i definitely find that really interesting to see how other writers are approaching the craft it's also very nice and liberating for me to write about it you know because there's so many <laughs> things you know you think about uh, in terms of your process and your um, mm -hmm. approach but that that never really comes out into the world you know out comes the the end product the story uh, it was kind of nice to share a bit of that yeah I think we touched upon so many important subjects but there's one more thing I want to circle back to which is again about uh, the topic of writing groups Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for newer members to the community? So people who just come in and they're like, help. How did you, <laughs> like, how do you get started? How do you get started? Good question. I would just recommend join those um, shut up and write meetings. Look out for, mm -hmm. for workshops that deal with topics you're struggling with. Talk to people. Um, find people that are kind of at the same same stage you are that are going through mm -hmm. the same part of the process you're going through because that could be a good a good peer group uh, a good writing group for you yeah and don't worry too much one tends mm. to work much <laughs> yes agreed. enjoy it enjoy it <laughs> oh, yes yes so i had no idea before i started writing how much of this is an emotional game Yes, mm -hmm. because it's very personal, you know, it's it's very different to any other job you do. It's, you know, I've done as a lawyer, I've done a lot of public speaking because mm -hmm. I, um, you may have noticed, I enjoy talking uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you do so trust us. <laughs> good, good. So I've been a lot in front of audiences and I've done, I've done basic training in theater um, mm. before at university. But when I went on stage to read my texts, I think the first 
first years or until the novel came out, I barely could do it. You know, mm. it, it really took me to pieces. The voice was almost gone. The body language was a disaster, you know. And I was knowing myself as a stage person, you know, as really mm -hmm. functioning on stage. There was none of that. I was as wow. if naked on stage, you know. And it, it was like knowing you will always be naked and you have to get comfortable with that. Mm. <laughs> Try writing memoir. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's really, it's really is emotional. It, it really is, is very unfiltered. Yeah. If it's good, you know, because people can tell if it's not, mm -hmm. uh, if it's just something you've pulled up from a workshop, but that has nothing to do with you. You know, yeah. you're not gonna really capture people with that. That's at least my experience, you know. True. There's an author that I really enjoy reading. She has crafted a lot of young adult mm -hmm. series. Um, mm -hmm. And I want to remember, I think her name is Maggie um, Stiefvater. And I don't mm -hmm. know how she pronounces her last name because it's a German word, but she's not German. She's American. So she probably oh. does something very different too. I've never heard her name said out loud. It sounds like a navigation system. Yes, the way <laughs> I said it now. Oh God. But like she, I remember she did an interview too. And like she was asked about which character was was like most important to her in a, a certain book. And she mm -hmm. talks about these characters and she talks about like giving them something of hers. And she starts yes. off with like, I gave her my love of tea. And then she goes to like her most important character and then she's like and him I like most because I gave him half my spine and I love that way of putting it that is my favorite character in the whole book because it's like if you give a character even if they're fictional characters a lot of yourself they just come to life the only way you can do it because mm. again you don't know anything but yourself yes you know mm -hmm. that, that is, there is a limitation there you know, you, you always have to look for the one, if you want to write about a man, you have to look for the one aspect where you can relate mm. and you have to work mm -hmm. from there, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a challenge really. Yes. yes, absolutely. What a beautiful concluding thought here. I think that yes. was a lot of questions. Thank you for taking all this time talking <laughs> through these questions with us and <laughs> answering them for us. Um, I learned a lot. Yeah, and it was a great yeah, conversation. Thank you. <laughs> pleasure. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. And we both have to go and read your book now. Yes. Fantastic. And everyone listening to this should also go and read your book. We're going to put all the all important information is going to be in the show notes as always. And maybe we'll promote it on social media, but probably not because we're really bad at that. <sighs> we'll try. Yeah, the book is, is available on, on Amazon. Um, not really recommending Amazon, of course. So you can also order it in in, in every local bookstore. If you okay. meet me at an event, you can also get it from me, of course. Very lovely. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Maybe we'll have another workshop or something. We also are going to have a recording available of the feedback session that you shared with us. Mm -hmm. And we'll share a link to that in the show notes as well. Yes. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> As always, thank you all for listening and we hope you learned something new today. Please like us and share on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you have any suggestions of anything you'd like to hear or comments on this episode, please send us an email. Until we speak again, happy questing. Happy questing.